Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right, daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of Murder. Drugs can make men into monsters. On April 30th, 1997, a man with drugs coursing through his system committed crimes against two children he knew very well. Children whom he once claimed to care for. At least, that's what he claimed the reason was. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On April 30th, 1997, a man named Bobby Wayne Woods went to the Granbury, Texas home of his ex-girlfriend, Shawna Patterson, looking for a fight. He would later admit to partaking in quite a few drugs, including crank and PCP, before going to the home he once shared with Shawna and her two children. When he came to the door, he noticed that Shawna's car was missing, but a window was open that led to the bedroom where 11-year-old Sarah and nine-year-old Cody were fast asleep. Once inside, Bobby grabbed Sarah's foot and dragged her towards him, her screams waking her brother, who turned around and saw Bobby beating his sister's chest. He then forced both children to leave through the window and into his car, where he drove them to a nearby cemetery. Once they arrived, Bobby demanded to know if Shawna was seeing someone new while beating Cody and slamming him against a tree. When he was finished, he strangled him to the point of blacking out. 
When Cody awoke, he was alone in the cemetery, climbed over a fence, and flagged down a horseback rider who called the police. When they finally caught up to Bobby, they explained to him that Cody had told them the entire story. And to avoid getting into more trouble, he should tell them where Sarah was. They hoped that the young girl might still be alive. He responded, you will not find her alive. I cut her throat. They were then led to the young girl's body and Bobby was arrested. Her body was clothed with an inside out t-shirt and was missing her underwear a deep cut severing her larynx and several major arteries. Bobby admitted in two written statements that he had sexual contact with the girl prior to leaving the house. They had taken drugs and that Cody had fallen unconscious in the cemetery, after which Sarah began screaming. That he drove her onto the highway while she continued to yell and threatened to tell the police what he had just done to her and her brother. He tried to quiet her down by threatening her with a knife and, according to his statement, while he held it to her throat, the young girl jerked forward, causing the knife to cut her throat. Further investigation found Bobby's semen on Sarah's bedding, corroborating his statements, and forensics found that she had been molested shortly after her death. According to discussions with friends and in reading her own journal, police found out that Sarah hated her mother's boyfriend and wanted him gone and that she had contracted HPV, a disease Bobby was also infected with. In addition to his statements and forensics, police found a large butcher knife stained with Sarah's blood inside of a trash bag that Bobby had borrowed from a neighbor the morning after the abduction. Also inside the bag was a pawn ticket for items stolen from the Patterson home with his signature and home address on it, and in the back of the car was a bloodstained jersey and Sarah's underwear. Basically, there was no doubt whatsoever that Bobby Wayne Woods was responsible for Sarah Patterson's murder. Bobby was indicted on capital murder charges on June 4th, 1997, as well as attempted capital murder in the case of her brother, Cody. During the trial, Bobby admitted to abducting the children, but claimed the murder was strictly an accident, that he had taken them to the cemetery where they were playing, at which point Cody jumped onto his back and was accidentally hurt, when Bobby stumbled back into a fence post. He also blamed Sarah's murder on a cousin who had died just before the trial began. Cody, however, stood in front of his attacker and testified to the real events that took place that night, and the prosecution backed him up with a mountain of evidence, including Bobby's own signed confession. He was found guilty on May 21st, 1998. During the penalty phase of the trial, the jury was not only presented with the information about the dangers Bobby presented to the public, but arguments and toxicology reports that drugs may have not been the cause of his violent outbursts. Psychiatrist testimony claimed that he suffered from an antisocial personality disorder, extremely low IQ, and combined with his violent tendencies, was poised to remain a threat to the public. With that in mind, the verdict came back, sentencing Bobby to death in addition to a 40-year sentence for the abduction of Cody Patterson. That same year, Shawna Patterson was charged and convicted of child neglect for leaving her children alone that night and was sentenced to 23 years in prison. Just before his scheduled execution, Bobby's lawyers raised the issue of his IQ and claimed that it made him ineligible for the death penalty. The request was denied and on December 3rd, 2009, Bobby Wayne Woods was placed in the death chamber and for his final statement said, bye, I'm ready. 
before taking his last breath. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on March 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.